see whole. I see broken, but you see beautiful. And you're helping me to believe. You're restoring me peace by peace. There's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You wash me in mercy. I am clean. There's nothing too dirty. Wash me in mercy, I am clean. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise the Lord, it's chat time again. This week we will continue our discussions of current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So, um, you know, I wanted to talk about this last week, but we ran out of time. But uh, it's, it happened earlier in the month, and the Gospel Music Association apologized for editing Kirk Franklin's acceptance speech. And it says, you know, they said that we accept responsibility for our error. So what it was is the Gospel Music Association issued a statement after Dove Award-winning artist Kirk Franklin announced that he would be boycotting the GMA along with the Trinity Broadcasting Network and the Dove Awards after a portion of his acceptance speech speaking on police-involved killing was edited out. So the president and executive director um, released a statement following his boycott announcement stating that the double boards had taken note of his complaint. She wrote, due to our broadcast window, we had to significantly edit the Dove telecast to two hours, and this aired on um, October 20th. In light of this, we understand that many were disappointed because there were so many memorable moments and noteworthy portions of the acceptance speeches absent. Specifically, she continued, we were made aware of troubling concerns regarding the edit of Kirk Franklin's speech. At the request of Kirk's team, we held our response regarding those concerns until we were able to speak with him privately, apologize directly, and discuss resolutions to rectify this unfortunate issue. With that said, we would like to publicly acknowledge that we are deeply apologetic for the missteps that happened relating to the editing of his acceptance speech. We accept the responsibility of our error, and although completely unintentional, we understand it caused great harm and deeply wounded many in the African-American and gospel community. You think? I don't think so, but I'm wondering if they edited anyone else's acceptance speech. I don't know. But Christian Headlines previously reported that Franklin announced via social media video that he would be boycotting uh, the GMA and all of its associated brands after his speech was edited to exclude 
mention of a 28-year-old ex, um, I guess the name is Ataz, Tiana Jefferson. Jefferson was baby, I'm sorry if I butchered the name. Jefferson was babysitting her eight-year-old nephew when she was shot and killed by a police officer in her home. Remember that? Yes. That was tragic. Franklin requested prayer for Jefferson, her nephew, and the police officer involved in the shooting at the end of his speech. Um, and so the poor, that portion of the speech was not aired on television. Right, and they're saying that they have to keep the format within two hours, keep the uh, program going. I can understand that if other speeches were edited as well as his, but if his was the only one that was edited, then I think that that's basically just something that... He said that this is the second time that, they, that it was done to him. Okay. And in 2016, the double words edited on a portion of the speech where the audience prayed together amid civil unrest following the killings of five Dallas police officers by an African-American man and the killings of Philando Castile and Walter Scott, just to name a few, by white police officers. Okay. Now, I, I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but then I was thinking, do you think it's appropriate for um, actors, actresses, singers to get up? You know, you've heard that when they accept their awards for movies and all that other stuff, they use it to, um, that time, to, you know, go against... Make a statement, a political statement. Right. Right. Marlon Brando uh, was the one that got that going when he gave his, I think it was his Oscar award to uh, a particular Indian tribe, you know, so I, I don't see anything particularly wrong with it. I mean, it's a platform, and... They use it to speak out. I, I mean, I don't know. you know, you're getting awards. I don't know. I guess my personal feeling is that you should just say thank you, give a speech, and, and sit down. Because you, as an entertainer, mm -hmm. have that platform anyway to make a statement. But I think you're making a statement to a, a wider audience if it turns out to be uh, a show or a program where people who normally wouldn't be tuned in are now tuned in because they're watching this special program. And I, I don't know, I, I can't say, it's not the politically correct thing to do, but I think that if a person wants to take that opportunity, they should take it. Just like when they, they had the live performance of uh, The Mermaid or whatever, where, and I'm pretty sure that drew a, a pretty large audience, and if somebody had made a political statement, I think they would say, that's just so out of order. But, yeah, it is. It doesn't go... With the grain, it goes against the grain, but it is an opportunity to get a statement out there. So I, I don't know, but in this case, I don't think it was out of line because he was talking about praying for people who actually needed prayer. And I think what greater, uh, uh, more opportunistic a place to, to ask for prayer than when you've got people who are tuned in who are supposed to be Christians mm -hmm. and you bring up a, a particular incident where the people need the prayer, they need the support. I, I don't think he was out of order with that because they need it. Okay, moving on. You know, I, I read across this article <clears throat> that was from October, the end of October. 
the Democratic National Committee passed a first-of-its-kind resolution recognizing the ethical soundness and importance of religiously unaffiliated Americans while attending such voters, while contending such voters share the Democratic Party's values. What are they talking about? So in about? other words, they're applauding non-religious Americans and criticizing churchgoers. The resolution was passed at the DNC's summer meeting and was championed by the Secular Coalition of America. What are they saying? An organization that lobbies on behalf of atheists. And that's what I was thinking they were talking about. And humanists in the public policy. But, but, but what is the resolution? What exactly is this? I just, I just can't picture this. You know, they passed a resolution saying what? We don't go to church. We don't believe it in God. It recognizes the religiously unaffiliated. Just what I said. It's a mouthful. That's what the, that's what the resolution is. Religiously unaffiliated Americans are a group that, as much as any other, advocates advocates for rational public policy based on sound science and universal humanistic values and should they be had to pass a resolution for that? represented, included, and heard by the party. They don't say being resolved. <laughs> Further, the resolution criticizes religious Americans, those most loudly claiming that morals, values, and patriotism must be defined by their particular religious views, have used those religious views what kind of resolution is that? <laughs> With misplaced claims of religious liberty to justify public policy that has threatened the civil rights and liberties of many Americans, including but not limited to the LGBT community, women, and ethnic and religious, non-religious minorities. So what are being resolved? What? So being resolved that we, what? We don't believe in anything. <laughs> we fall for everything. America was founded on a, as a secular government charged with representing and protecting the freedoms of people of all faiths and none. Be resolved, we have I no faith. I am proud to see the Democratic Party take that to heart by bringing secular Americans into the field, into the fold. Um, Who said they were out of the fold, out of the political fold? So be resolved. We atheists, agnostics, uh, whoever you are, uh, we don't believe what you believe, and basically we resent what you believe because because I mean I, I, that's the dumbest resolution that I've heard, and I've heard a lot of dumb ones. I mean, I heard a resolution in California where the person says. Just set aside your beliefs for a second. I said, well, what kind of knucklehead is going to set aside their beliefs in the Lord and then, and then still claim to have faith in God? What kind of resolution is that? I mean, but this particular resolution is, is so confusing. I don't know who wrote that. Maybe they were drinking at the time. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I don't know. It, 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 just made me, it just made me speechless when I read this. Um, there was one abstention, and it passed unanimously, the coalition said. <clears throat> yeah, because it actually makes no sense you know, to say... So it recognizes a group 
the, the value, ethical soundness, and the importance of the religiously unaffiliated demographic and group of Americans who contribute in innumerable ways to the arts, sciences, medicine, business, How? law, and military, their communities, the success of the party, and prosperity. How, what did the Democrats do that is so different? Yeah, no, this, there's this they, uh, they're religious. Right, they're applauding the Democrats for, for, for folding them in now. So what did they do that was so different? That was the resolution of the DNC right. that recognizes nice. all the non-religious non people, people in the Democratic Party. And they applauded the Democratic Party for finally recognizing them. I'm saying, what did the Democratic Party do that they haven't done before? I mean, they just screwed up now as they were no, then. there's more screwed up now. They, well, now it's up in the now eye. It's, it's out in the open. Now it's they, are, they are just as screwed up, and they're just as backwards. So what do they do differently, except for what, do it more fervently? <laughs> they, they just put it all out there in the open now. Right, we're base and we're this base, is we're it. We're silly, we're foolish. Yes. Here we are now. Right, and they say thank you for letting us in on that. I don't get it. This is terrible. Uh, yeah. This is terrible. So here, someone sent me this article. And remember um, Jack Phillips? Nope. Christian Baker. Oh, okay. He was the baker that went yes, all the way to the Supreme now. Court. Yes. And this happened in, this is, well, actually this article is from CBN News. And I guess he was, he lives in Colorado. Okay. And the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, the same organization responsible for its infamous case against Christian Baker, Jack Phillips, that went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, is still trying to censor its citizens who voice views in favor of traditional biblical marriage. Okay. This time, the commission has set its sights on a web designer, Lori Smith, and her 303 Creative Studio. That's the name of her studio. After building her business over the past several years, Smith decided she wanted to add wedding websites to her company's portfolio. However, Due to her religious beliefs, she decided to create custom websites and graphics only for weddings between a man and a woman. If she does not create websites celebrating same-sex weddings, the state commission will punish her. Oh, hmm. So recently, the Alliance Defending Freedom attorneys representing Smith filed an appeal of a federal district court's order that upheld a state provision that gags creative professionals from talking about their beliefs when explaining their business decisions. The September order adds to a previous decision that would allow Colorado officials to force Smith to design and publish websites promoting messages or causes that conflict with her beliefs. So in May, in a May ruling, in 303 Creative versus Alanis, a court said it ruled as it did because it assumes the constitutionality of the Colorado law, but other courts have recently found otherwise regarding similar laws in Minnesota and Arizona. Smith's appeal will now be heard before the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 10th Circuit in Denver. Americans shouldn't be forced by the government 
to create and publish websites that promote messages or causes they disagree with. This is a quintessential freedom that the First Amendment protects. Right. The court shouldn't have assumed Lori's decision not to create objectionable websites was illegal without any analysis of that question, especially when other courts have clearly upheld free speech rights in this context. Right, because you're actually forcing somebody to go against uh, their belief and adopt yours. That's, that's what I, I, I don't get. Creative professionals should be free to peacefully live and work according to their faith without any fear of coercion, discrimination, intimidation by the state. Unless there's a more subtle way to put the message out there that this is a website that deals with marriage between a man and a woman. You know, it's just, you know, when somebody says, well, do you want to create one uh, for same sex? And you just tell them, we don't do same sex. And, and I wouldn't hold it against the person, even though I think it's silly, if they say we're an interracial couple, and the person says, well, we don't do interracial. And you can get angry, but to me, that's their right. And I wouldn't want to go to them if they didn't believe it. See, I wouldn't want somebody to be designing something for me that they didn't believe in. They don't believe in interracial marriage, and if I had, was in an interracial, I wouldn't want them designing something, you know, for me. So, but even though I would think they're ignorant and backwards, that's their right. My advice, don't go to Colorado. Don't move to Colorado if you want to start a business. Because it's stupid. And, 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 and if you have a website where they only do same-sex, and they tell a person, we don't do heterosexual, we do same-sex, I bet. That the would be okay. Right, it would be okay. And I wouldn't want somebody who believes in same-sex marriages to design mine if I don't believe in it. That's, that's, that's to me, it's just common sense. Mm -hmm. Well, here's another article sent to me, and it came from CBN News, and Richard Dawkins, remember him, the atheist? I, I'm so bad with names. Okay, yes. He's an atheist, mm -hmm. and he's perhaps the world's most famous atheist. Because? And he I has, thought it was the lady who stopped prayer in school. I mean, but... Oh, there's several. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Um, Bill Moore, I think, is the most. <laughs> he admitted that eliminating God from the public consciousness would pose huge problems. Isn't that interesting? And he's an atheist. He's an atheist. He was speaking to the British paper, The Times, and Dawkins insisted that if religion were to be abolished, it would give people a license to do really bad things. Yes, it would. I mean, finally, somebody with some common sense recognizes that we get our morality from the word. Expanding on his point, the Oxford University fellow said that while the presence of a higher being, people may feel free to do bad without the presence of a higher being, people may feel free to do bad things because they feel God is no longer watching them. That's what they're doing now. Because <laughs> they feel God is no longer watching. Reverting to his sharp rhetoric on religion, Dawkins warned that people would feel entitled to do what they like because they no longer need to obey a divine spy camera in the sky reading their every thought. Otherwise you have government taking God's place and then what do you have? Totalitarianism, you have Communism, you have where the government becomes your God. The government takes control of your life. Baby. Right. So Dawkins revealed an experiment that he came across working on his latest book. His book is called Outgrowing God. 
which intended on finding out whether people would be good if they felt someone was watching. The experiment carried out by Professor Melissa Bateson of, at the University of Newcastle entailed the setting up of a coffee station and an honesty box system for payments. People simply put in what they felt was the appropriate amount for their drink of choice. However, at different points, Bateson charged changed the display overlooking the coffee bar, switching between a flowery image and an ominous pair of eyes. When the eyes were watching, nearly three times as much for their drinks when eyes were displayed, people were paying extra. Mm -hmm. Dawkins explained, explained, concluding that whether irrational or not, it does unfortunately seem plausible that if somebody sincerely believes God is watching his every move, he might more, be more likely to be good. Oh, we do like 1984, just put a camera in everybody's house. Camera in the bathroom, in the bedroom, you know. Just throw cameras all over the place. He says, I'm, I, I must say, I hate that idea. And I want to believe that humans are better than that. I'd like to believe I'm honest whether anyone is watching or not. And responding to the professor's remarks, controversial creationist leader Ken Ham, who's, whom Dawkins has tussled with on several occasions, commented that Dawkins has spent his life fighting against God, the God he doesn't believe even exists, but still recognizes that atheism, the worldview religion of Richard Dawkins, doesn't provide the foundation for morality. No, it doesn't. Because basically, if you don't have, like the Lord says, we learn righteousness through his judgments. And if we don't have that, everybody becomes their own standard. So without a biblical foundation, anything goes. Yes, Who is indeed. to say what is right or wrong? There is no ultimate foundation. It becomes arbitrary. Everyone does what's right in their own eyes. That's what they're doing now. is admitting that atheism is totally bankrupt morally. Yes. And I find that interesting because he's an atheist and... He's got common sense to know. He needs the Lord. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So, uh, Library's Drag Queen Story Hour strip show goes viral. Ooh. There's a video of a drag queen story hour in Washington State, and it has gone viral on social media. The video is, is of a drag queen stripper, and although it reportedly occurred over the summer at King County Public Library in Renton, it was only recently posted to Twitter. One blogger reported the June 2019 event was advertised as being for teens and tweens. To date, the video has received nearly 2 million views, and many people who posted comments about it asked, what does this have to do with reading? Right. I don't know if anybody's ever seen any of those uh, pictures or, or videos of drag queens reading in public libraries, but make no sense. Yes. I mean, right. they're dressed up and... Now that you have them reading you know, in the public library, you know, and bring their whips and their boots and their chains. Everybody should take a turn. What about this? Bestiality. Reading in public libraries. Bring your lambs 
And you know, you go. <laughs> it's so stupid. It was a stupid video. I didn't. They're turning libraries into freak shows now. You're right. I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Why? Yeah, why would you bring your sexuality into something like that? Your sexual preferences. It's an initiative typically held at public libraries in which drag performers read books to children. Yeah. And pro program advocates say that they are important. They are important literacy programs that help teach children tolerance for members of the LGBTQ. Well, community. why just them? You know, just go the whole gamut. You know, people have foot fetishes. But just bring it to the library and have a reading, you know, so people could be more sensitive. <laughs> I mean, that's so stupid. I don't know. Remember, remember at the library they used to have puppet shows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I don't get it. So if you want to see it, you can watch it. Uh, this is, um, I don't know if it's a blog or whatever. It's, it's a commentary called Drive It Home, and it's by Gary Lane, L-A-N-E, and if you Google that, you can see uh, this video, and you can see the video of this story hour turned strip show. <laughs> I guess, I don't know what can I say. Yeah, hooker hour, hookers. <laughs> Reading to children. Yes, praise the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. The verse of the day comes from Lamentations 3 and 25. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. All right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what does the Lord call a person who trusts in his own heart? And the answer is a fool. And that answer can be found in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26, which reads, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. This week's food for thought is, What did the Lord say a wicked ruler 